When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Ah, yes. There she is. The voice of reason, common sense. The voice of all that is right in the world. Our very own, our beloved, the most worshipfulness, worldlessness. Oh, yeah, baby. Our very own Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Your Highness, welcome. We're here to serve. How can we help? How are you this morning, Princess Di? That is never not going to be hilarious. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Sir James. How are you? I'm good because I didn't have to watch that debate last night. You did it. Oh, I my saw goodness. A... You missed something I... so no, amazing. I, no, I, no, no. I saw clips. I saw clips. And the only thing I can think of is, man, I am so happy Diane is watching this because I, I don't think I could have. Uh, no, no, no. Well, then you saw the wrong clips because the entire thing was rocking, fun, lively, and wonderful, except whenever the camera was on uh, Raphael Warnock. Warnock. Yes. I was so amazed because I came I told you it was going to be really interesting because you had a obviously polished practiced public speaker versus one who wasn't you had the reverend who was the man of the pulpit and you had the sports guy and I really have not immersed myself in Georgia politics but sports guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) well Heisman winning. I don't want to, you know, downplay his his Georgia loves the guy for his sports accomplishments. But anyway, I had no preconceptions going into this thing other than I thought that Warnock would be uh, wonderful. And he was a stiff. Let me tell you, you had Herschel Walker, who was confident, smiling, funny and nimble versus Warnock, who was clearly terrified. He spent the whole time wide-eyed, afraid, nervous, stammering, stuttering, and was not in any way able to enunciate his own policy positions. And Walker, who talks like a regular guy, was able to run rings around him on policy uh, and he, every answer, he segued and put Biden's record around the neck of Warnock, who had no answer for any of it. And in fact, Warnock was asked specifically, do you support the reelection or the, you know, Biden running again? He had no answer. He said, oh, I have never thought about that. Oh, yeah, I've never thought about who should be our nominee. I, that's one of the clips I saw. Okay. And I mean, I, but maybe, okay, this one is perhaps. I I read a story or two about it, and perhaps I said, well, maybe this, maybe my impression from the clips isn't accurate because 
The way the New York Times described it today, the old great oh, lady. Oh, well, New York Times, stop right there. No, but listen to this. Listen to this, because this says to me, this says something. Mr. Walker, a football star and first-time candidate, surpassed low expectations, <laughs> largely hewing to his strategy of tying his opponent to President Biden, whose approval yep. ratings remain underwater in the pivotal swing state. To me, that says this this freaking sports guy. This sports he, he guy. He ran away with it. We didn't expect him to do anything. <laughs> he and ran he away actually with it. He surpassed our expectations. He actually put on a show. He was wonderful. And that he, his personality, was what made this debate really a wonderful debate. And the other thing that made it wonderful was the moderators. I am not familiar with News Nation. This, these were the moderators. Uh, Tina Shaw from Savannah TV station and Buck Langford from Atlanta's TV station. The questions were open-ended and fair. They were tough on both sides. I have not seen a political debate without the questions to the Republican, how dare you breathe? And then the question to the Democrat, how do you feel about the fact that he's breathing? I mean, that is the <laughs> typical, you know, I'm so used to that, that to have actual fair, you know, questions and, and re- both sides were given the opportunity to speak about the things that had been in the news lately, the um, abortion question for Walker and the, um, you know, eviction question for Warnock. And interestingly enough, Warnock flat out denied it. He said it's not true, and he blamed Herschel. He says, that shows how desperate you are. You want to lie about me. And, and Herschel said, hey, I just read it in the paper. <laughs> he said, this is not, not anything I came up with. This was in the newspaper. And he flat out lied about it because we know, we read the reports, that this is an actual news report that Warnock flat out said, just simply, it wasn't true. But I have to tell you the best line that Walker had. War- Warnock had t- talked about his abortion position and said something like, already there are too many people in the room. You've got the mother and the doctor and maybe her minister. And I don't want a politician being in the room when that decision is made. And Walker came back and said, you didn't mention there's a baby in the room. That. Boom. Boom. Mic drop. Mic drop. And he was quick and nimble and and he was in the face of Warnock and Warnock and looked at him and accused him of policy mistakes that Biden and he had made. And Warnock had no answer for any of it. I had been a little worried going into it because I had read that Walker was being advised by Lindsey Graham. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> oh, that Lordy. was my reaction. But also Newt Gingrich. So I thought, well, okay, Newt Gingrich is a Georgian. He will give good advice. And I have no idea if it was because of the advice or because this is who Walker is. I wasn't that familiar with how he is on his feet. But it was a surprise, and it was a clear victory, and this is why the national news will go away and not report another thing about the Georgia race until Election Day. It was Well, they're reporting on it, trying to make a big deal that Walker pulled out a badge and he violated the rules of the debate and yeah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 but whatever. Yeah, but, but that in was terms actually of, interesting. So <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of substance, who won? 
It was clear win by Walker. It was all policy. It was all policy and it was all hanging the actual fear and hunger in Georgia on the on the policies of inflation causing spending and on the getting rid of law and order and the uh, undermining com- uh, confidence in police, all of those things is what policy discussions. But he uh, Walker was able to talk, tie him to regular life, to real life, to the actual problems his state is facing. And he kept pointing out that, in fact, Warnock was representing Washington and Biden and not Georgia. It was very effective. Wow. Wowzer, wowzer, wowzer. So you missed a good one. Well, I guess, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Diana. Hey, hey before, before you get off the subject, I have to say the other underlying thing is that it turns out that Georgia is bleeding black men from the Democratic Party. And I've been meaning to mention this, that CNN did a, a big story on this on Sunday, is that they are really worried that black male voters are leaving the Democrat Party and they're not going to support these candidates. And I think one of the reasons is not only did that happen under Trump, but Walker is a regular guy. And so this this supposed polished reverend who spoke in intellectual but completely boring blah, 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 political talk, I think is one of the reasons so I wanted to get that in. This is a really interesting political divide that black males are now leaving the Democrat Party in in great numbers. And as you said, that is a trend that started under Donald Trump, and most political yeah. analysts won't even acknowledge it. But it began yeah. under Donald Trump. Interesting. Okay. So I'm going to throw you a surprise here with another headline. And I just oh, want boy. your reaction. Here's the headline, Princess Di. Paul Ryan predicts Trump will not be the 2024 Republican. (laughs) Was that a scream? (laughs) My goodness, Paul Ryan. You know, the interesting thing, I have seen this. He has, you know, made a little news this week in that he's, we all know Trump is going to lose and, you know, all of that stuff. (laughs) But this is what he said in 2016, this is the same thing. The establishment Republicans ran this line. Trump is going to bring down the whole party. He's going to cause us all kinds of – and they have never deviated from that position, that Trump is going to cause them all kinds of political problems and lose them support And and instead of reaching out and across the aisle and all the stuff they love to do. When, in fact, as you were just mentioning, the opposite happened. He brought – Many new voters into the party and who are still in the party. And it is he began Trump began a real political realignment. And a lot of it was because of his appeal to regular people, the working class, which, of course, is sneered at by Washington, including Paul Ryan. So he's still on the same old. He's just not moved on. The guy is just frozen in time and doesn't matter. How a Republican could lead Oregon liberal disharmony and Nike cash. Now, this story kind of took me by surprise. Oregon hasn't been on my radar except for the fact that in Portland, apparently, in Portland, some people have had enough. And they're saying it's time to get these liberals out of power in the city of Portland, Oregon. 
But apparently the governor's race there is threatening to displace Democrats. And this hasn't happened in four decades, 40 years. What the heck is going on in the state of Oregon, Diana? This is another red flag or should be to the Democrat Party, but they won't, in fact, notice it until late, too late. Well, this is, as the New York Times says, a bit of a fluke. There is a spoiler in the race, an independent named Betsy Johnson, who is taking votes away from the Democrat, Tina Kotek, who would ordinarily be uh, the winner. But the Republican, Christine Drazen is her name, is, uh, it looks to me, if you read between the lines, likely to win the governor's race in Oregon. And, of course, the New York Times, well, it's just because the money from this billionaire, you know, they always, you know, are very suspicious of Republicans supporting billionaires, not not the Democrats supporting billionaires, but the Nike uh, founder, co-founder, whose name is Phil Knight, is supporting, was originally supporting the independent, but she isn't going to be able to win. So he is supporting the Republican and that is helping. But it, the main reason that the Democrat is going to lose is because the Democrat policies of, you know, basically homelessness everywhere, drug use everywhere, they have decriminalized hard drugs in the state. And, you know, it's one of the things, as the Phil Knight said, there was a political cartoon where they showed somebody using hard drugs and said the one thing illegal in Oregon in this cartoon was the straw. (laughs) That is how bad it is. They have legalized crime and made normal life illegal. And that is the reason there's going to be a change probably at the top in the in the state, which is and interestingly enough, they said the current governor, who is a liberal, is the most unpopular governor in the state. Now, I hadn't heard that until I read this story. So it's one of these things they've kept as a secret in the media is how unpopular the governor of Oregon is. I had no idea. That could be an interesting wrinkle on election night. This is going to be a fun election night. Uh, The Democrats' Willie Horton problem is uh, an article that you have written. It is on tipinsights.com. You can also find it at Diana Me on Twitter. That's your uh, Twitter handle under your Twitter feed. Uh, Tell everybody again what the premise of the article is, the Democrats' Willie Horton problem. Again, tip, T-I-P-P, insights.com, or Diana Me. that's with two E's, Diana, M-E-E, at Diana Me at Twitter. Is where people can find this. Yes, and part two ran this morning, and I put a link to that as well at the top of my Twitter feed. And just to close the loop on that, yesterday I had mentioned part one. My premise is that the story that was credited with winning that race, the quote-unquote Willie Horton ad, really was an article by Reader's Digest in July of the 1988 issue. That's what cost the Democrats the race, because so many people read about this furlough program where they let first degree murderers with life sentences out for weekend passes without any monitoring whatsoever. And this particular criminal ended up killing who had been in jail for 
as a life sentence, ended up kidnapping and tormenting a, a young couple. And so the, the story is the details of what happened, which outraged voters across the country. So by the time Election Day came, Dukakis, who was in charge of that program, had already lost. And today's installment is just to close the loop on that. The election of 1988 was 34 years ago. The results were 54 percent for the Republican George Bush Sr., for 46 percent to the Democrat Dukakis, who had been leading until this article came out. And so after that election, Democrats very well knew why they lost. It had to do with the issue of crime. And so they came up with two strategies. One was to call the anything to do with William Horton racist. And the second thing was they went all law and order from 1988 on. Now, people don't remember this, but I want to read a quote from Joe Biden, who was the Senate Judiciary Committee chair in 1990. He said, one of my objectives, quite frankly, is to lock Willie Horton up in jail. So he was, in fact, part of the use of Willie Horton in a racial way. He came across this um, uh, um, this lock Willie Horton up in jail quote his crime bill in 1990. He said what did everything but hang people for jaywalking. Then the 1994 Clinton crime bill came along, which got rid of all kinds of furlough programs, 100,000 more cops, $10 billion for building more prisons. So for a time, the Democrats who had been chastened by the voters on the issue of crime became strict law and order people. Now they have forgotten all of that. And so there it is now creeping back into society wherever Democrats are in charge. This soft on crime, coddling criminals, and it's on a way bigger scale now than just weekend passes. Now they don't even lock people up. It's furlough for life if you commit a crime. You're caught and released. You know, you as I said, you you have a Google search for commit crime and in then released. There are thousands of those stories where people are just uh, you know commit horrible acts and then they're just let go. And this is hurting ordinary people who are the victims in every community. And, and that so, is why these cretins, these Democrats with this no bail nonsense needs to be yes. voted out of office. Diana, our time's up for the day. Your Majesty, thank you as always. Quite insightful. As thank you always. For we'll see you next week. Thank you, Diana Me. Okay. Princess Di, James Golden, AK Snurley, coming back. Your call's coming up right after this.